Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, welcome to episode 13. I am really excited about this series. I have brought in a very precious friend of mine, Lynn Breeden. She's actually a pastor and she was with me way early at the beginning of my journey and she's going to be sharing this series with me on fear the different fears that we now have after the death of our children. And she's just a perfect one to bring in on this, and I'm sure you'll know why as we get to talking and share for these next few episodes. So, hi, Lynn. Hi. And we're actually sitting across from each other because I'm in your home in Indiana. (laughs) And she's a wonderful host, and so I come here, and we just get to make ourselves at home and enjoy each other, and so I'm really looking forward to this time. Me too. Yeah. Lynn, I want to start out by giving you a chance to just share Joel with us and tell us your story with him. Okay, well, it's hard to know where to start, but in 1987, um, we had just lived in a home in the country for a couple years, and um, about Labor Day weekend, week before that, Joel had um, shown some signs of the flu, um, cold kind of symptoms, and it seemed to get worse, so I um, took him to the doctor They thought he had just an infection, gave medicine that week. He just continued to get worse and worse. And so by Saturday, he was really struggling. Um, We went back to the doctor. We ended up on Saturday through several different situations and hospitals and doctor's offices. We ended up at Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. At that time, we knew that he had a mass in his chest. Um, We didn't know exactly what that was. Um, Doctors greeted us on Saturday evening of Labor Day weekend, and there were lots of them. Um, So they had gotten the news that there was something going on with Joel, and it was not okay. And um, it was kind of shocking to see so many on a holiday weekend like that. But they did lots of tests that night, um, evaluated that he did have cancer, and it was a tumor in his chest um, the size of a football. Sunday morning, he was scheduled first thing for surgery. Um, They removed all of that tumor except for 5%, which was attached to the aorta of his heart. This was kind of long, um, sideways football in in his chest, so it was pushing all of his organs out of the way. And um, so they removed that. They said it was a tumor like they had never seen at that time. They spooned it out of his chest like jelly. So then we were on the journey of waiting to see what kind of cancer it was because they'd never seen it before. So they sent it on to pathology. It came back two weeks later, and he was starting to see some of the same symptoms that I saw when we started, but they came back and it was thoracic pulmonary blastoma, which was a rare kind of cancer that at that time they knew of only nine children in the world that had been diagnosed Mm. with it. So um, they started a round um, of chemotherapy. They figured a protocol and, and started that. They also did radiation. So now we're... Oh, it, we're around his birthday, and um, he's already had a round of chemo and not doing so well. And I can remember at the day of his birthday, lots of things were planned and um, lots of parties and lots of people coming to visit. And I can remember waking up that morning um, scared to death because he was so, still sick. And 
I didn't want this to tire him out and exhaust him even more. And um, I just was tired. I was just tired. And I went in the bathroom and kind of just got to my knees on that bathroom floor and just said, God, I, I can't do this. I just can't do this. I don't know how he's going to do this. And, you know, should we really be celebrating his birthday, even though a part of me was scared to death, this might be his last birthday. And so you want to make it the best you can. But now he was same, in the hospital? He was at Riley. Okay. Yeah, he was at Riley Children's Hospital still. I felt very clearly God saying, you can do all things on my strength. And so that, that verse has really been the verse that has gotten me through this journey of um, 32 years. Um, so we did do his birthday, and I, I kind of wiped my tears and washed my face and took a deep breath and said, okay, we can do this. We can do this on God's strength, not ours. So we got through that day, and he the tumor started shrinking on into October, and we got to go home for a couple days, and while we were home, he spiked a fever in the middle of the night, and I got him to a local hospital in Fort Wayne, which is close to our home, and he died two days later of an infection that we don't know where it was, or um, they pulled his central line and different, but he, he died on October 23rd. Yeah, that, that radically, obviously, changed our lives. Um, we had an older boy that was seven and a younger that was three and a half. I hadn't been home for two months, so my world went back to whatever normal is going to be. My husband was very supportive and pretty amazing through all of it. And um, after Joel died, he he kind of started grieving in his own way, which was not compatible with my way. Um, <laughs> he just completely um, became... He just internalized everything and he wasn't able to really, so he was gone a lot. It was hard, you know, it was a hard couple of years as most um, who have lost a child know mm -hmm. that those first couple of years are kind of a blur. Um, you just kind of do what you have to do to get through the day. Um, so 32 yeah. years later, you know, life has changed dramatically and our children are grown and we have grandchildren and mm -hmm. yeah. Now how old was Joel? Joel was five years old. Five he turned five old. while we were at the hospital. So he was really young. What we're going to talk about today is the fear of people forgetting your child. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that is so important to us, that our child is remembered. Our child, not mattered, still matters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when I was thinking about doing this series on fear and this being one of our major fears, mm -hmm. I immediately thought of you. Because Joel was so young and because it's been so long mm -hmm. for you, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that I had Becca for 29 years. Right. So I had the blessing of knowing her in her adult years. Mm -hmm. She had a child, so I have a grandchild. So many grieving parents don't have those kinds of things. And it's really rough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard. Every, every loss has its own layer, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Its own layer of grief. Yes, I mean, does. you can't compare them because, mm -hmm. you know, I look at, I lost one of my best friends. <clears throat> I had been able to turn that corner as an adult, and my daughter was one of my best friends. And mm -hmm. so not only did I lose my daughter, but I lost, lost a very close friend to me. You don't have that with Joel. I so I would really like you to talk about this whole issue of the frustration of because I know you and I have talked about mm -hmm. people didn't know Joel they're not right. going to come up to you with memories of oh I remember when Joel and I were doing this that or the other thing right. Um, right. so how what's that been like for you how do you how do you <laughs> what do you do with that I mean it's really hard um, because the only ones that really have good memories are 
my ex-husband, um, we, we separated and divorced about four years after Joel died. So I don't get to talk to him about Joel, um, which would ordinarily be probably the sole source of my um, discussing and remembering. And do you remember when he did this mm-hmm. and that? I don't, I don't have someone that does that with me. Um, my children, who were very young, um, my youngest was three and a half, so he really, his memories are through my eyes, not through his right. own. He has a couple that are very vague memories. My oldest child, um, Matthew, remembered him while they were best friends. We lived on a farm, and so, you know, there wasn't anybody else but each other, so they were very close, and this has had a dramatic effect on his life as well. But he doesn't have memories to come back and forth, and and it's a struggle for him to do that anyway. So, you know, there were a few friends, you know, that, but they were raising their own children, so to have vivid memories of my child are probably slim. I have a few friends that each year when I post his birthday on Facebook, they'll come back with, I remember when, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're always the same memory, and, and um, so, yeah, that's a really hard part of it, you know, and, and I do believe that my job as mom is to carry on his story. Yeah. And I believe that I've done that in a pretty huge way just because I, I have my own ministry of, of Morning to Dancing and and his story lives on in my sermons and, yes. you know, and all that I do. But it's not the same as watching him grow up like I have my older ones and the relationship I have with them and wondering who would he be today. Those I don't I don't get to have. And um, you're right, we're on our own journey. So for me, I have to just put the pictures out there and I have to just help people remember who he was and our own family. You know, I've had a child since um, Joel died, Taylor, and he's my rainbow baby. You know, he's, he's the one and it's it's important for him to have that memory. My grandchildren, I have one granddaughter and Haley often says, now tell me about Joel, Grandma. And so I get to tell her and I send her pictures and, you know, she has different things that are keepsakes for her that matter to her. And I have two grandchildren that are named after him. I have Gavin Joel and I have um, Joel Michael, both one from Matt and one from Mark. And that's crazy cool, you know. Um, Gavin Joel, when he was named, he's um, 16 now. I couldn't handle the thought of him being named Joel, his first name. It was too soon. It was too, Mm. I just couldn't handle that. They wanted to do that. And um, so they used it as his middle name and that was beautiful. And um, because of that, I call him Gavin Joel. I don't want, I want to make sure I love hearing his middle name. I don't, there's very few times I call him Gavin. It's always Gavin Mm. Joel. Um, So when Mark came, started having a baby, he when he asked if he could name him Joel, yes, because that carries on the memories. Those two children have Joel in their name, and they'll always be part of the the fabric of their being. And so when I'm gone, Joel still continues, and his story will continue through them, and mm-hmm. that matters. That matters a lot. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What, now it's been 32 years for you, mm-hmm. and I just met someone this weekend who... It's only been a few months for her, and she's already having people tell her that she just needs to get over it. Mm -hmm. She needs to just move on. It's been 32 years for you. Have you moved on? No, you don't ever move on. (laughs) Um, You know, they you carry that with you for the rest of your life. I I think that we are 
not just emotionally and, and mentally altered, we are physically altered um, by the loss of that child. They've done a lot of studies and, and they've found that that's a part of who we are. And, and yes, we, um, we learn how to cope. Our coping skills get better and better each year and we learn how to live our life um, without them in it. Um, but we don't live our life without them. Um, they're part yes. of us for the rest of our lives. And there are things that happen that just blindside us. We don't see coming. And then there are the birthdays and the anniversaries and the death days and the mother's days that we know is coming and, and we start gearing up for it. And um, mother's day is the hardest day of the year for me. And 32 years since it wasn't any easier this mother's day than mm. it was I cry myself to sleep every Mother's Day. It's as and fresh you're, today. You're a pastor. You're not like the rest of us. You can't just not go to church that day. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> and you know, you you learn as you learn the tricks to help yourself to like, okay, we're just gonna suck it up for you know a few hours because then I can come home and I can just be. But no, those those few hours at church, yeah, you you just you learn. You know, I mean, you learn how to cope through that and. Um, that you have to just kind of put some things behind. But most people who know me and my church people especially, they know that this is a hard day for me. And so they're extra sensitive and extra caring. And I do a Mother's Day tribute every year that I wrote many years ago. And when I talk about the moms who visit graves um, with teddy bears on it, I, I cry every time. And that reminds, I think, my people a little bit that this is a hard day for, for yes. her. And they're very, very kind to me. So, and Lindy's amazing. Um, my husband, he just so, he listens to the stories over and over like it was the first time he's ever heard it. Um, and he cries with me every Mother's Day and every birthday. He's just a really good guy. Yeah, so. I just, the little bit I know of him from being <clears throat> around him and the both of you, you can see that he's very tender towards Joel. Yes. And Joel's memories. It's making me cry. I know. <laughs> it's really sweet because he, he really is tender about that. And um, he's very... Um, kind to me and allowing me to to grieve when I grieve and cry with me and this and year giving we, you time to help other moms exactly you oh yeah a lot that's, of time into that he's so sensitive mm-hmm. to all of that and yeah um, this year I had nieces with me on Mother's Day and at the end of the day they cra- all three crawled into bed with me and yeah. um, they were crying with me Aww. and one of them said I'm sorry Uncle Lindy and he said oh we do this every year honey it's okay <laughs> we just get to have you with us that's Aww. all so uh-huh. he's very sweet about that and yeah and we are going to have um, an entire episode on the fear of the grief triggers mm. so I know there's a story in there that <laughs> you have on that fairly recently yes, so I do. Um, so we'll be talking about that's another one of those fears is, is the it grief is. triggers so uh, you'll want to want to listen to that one probably one of the things that a uh, saying we have something similar to the saying on Becca's tombstone in a, one of those little stone things that you add when all we have are memories those memories become a treasure mm-hmm. so talking about when people say you just need to get over it and get past it or whatever my thought sometimes you know sometimes it's okay to vocalize it and sometimes you just have to let it go mm-hmm. but the thought that mm-hmm. if you have a child that has gone somewhere they're on a trip they're off to college whatever mm-hmm. you don't stop talking about them you don't forget about them because they're gone for a few weeks or on a mission field sure. or for a month or whatever you don't stop talking about them you don't just drop them in your thoughts and your memories no, just because they're right. gone and the thing is with our kids they've just 
transferred to a different place. They're really not gone. No. They're just not here with us. That's right. And at some point, we'll be joining them. They just won't be able to come back to us like another child from a trip. So why wouldn't we continue to talk about them? Why wouldn't they be a part of us? They're still alive. That's right. (laughs) Really, they are. Absolutely. They're they're still alive. So why wouldn't we talk about our children and miss them? Uh, Because we have no idea. when we're going to be able to see them again. I know I used to just almost panic just to the point of not being able to breathe, thinking about how long it was going to be before I'd see Becca, Mm -hmm. not knowing and just thinking about, oh my goodness, I can't five years here or 10 years, 20 years. How do you even do that? And I would just work myself up. And Mm -hmm. then the one day that I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that, Laura, you're not getting further and further from her. You're getting closer to her. That's right. Every day, you're getting Amen. closer That's to right. her. Um, so a lot of this is our perspective. Absolutely. It's how we choose to think about it, mm-hmm. um, including like those memories or how long it's been and people not being able to share a child with us. I, I just now had this thought, just wait until you get to heaven and all the stories you're going to hear about your child in heaven i know i had cool never thought be. about that yeah. oh my goodness that's so cool yeah, i never thought about that either no so can you imagine cool. the apostle paul coming up and saying oh you ought to hear this story about joel that's so great. wouldn't that be yeah, oh that's so great i love that i never thought of that I oh do love thank that. you Mark. Yeah, <laughs> that was just a really sweet awesome. little kiss well you know i kind of a, on the same train of thought i i had not too long ago, I was writing something and it occurred to me that I worry over my children, even mm-hmm. though God tells us not to worry. Right. But, you know, I, I think about and I'm anxious about their care and that they're okay and the things that they're encountering and, you know, all the things that we pray over for our children. I never once have prayed over anything for Joel other than That's his true. first five years because I, I know where he is mm-hmm. and I know that he's being raised by the best papa out mm. there. You know, he gets wow. to sit on Jesus' lap. He gets wow. to run in streets of gold with yes. other children and he has no want for anything and mm-hmm. he gets to just praise Jesus every day. And he's not going to he feel has, the sorrows of this he world. Has no pain, no grief, no worries, no tears. There's nothing for him. And I don't worry about him. I don't mm-hmm. I don't have to think about if he's okay. I know he's mm. okay. I know he's yes. in the best place to be okay. And that was a comfort to me, honestly, to um to be able to look, sit in that and know that um I I want for he's my safe. children here, but I yeah. he's got everything. Yes. So that there's a comfort in that for me. And I, I love the idea that we're getting closer to him and not further away. Because that is the longer that goes, the longer it is since he's been here and the harder it is to remember his five years you yes. know our, our memories fade which kind of fits into this fear it you does. know of Absolutely. myself forgetting what her laugh sounded like or right. those kinds of things because I don't have those I don't have yes. good memories of that and you know part of us in those first few years I had to really work to to erase or at least to try and put to rest the memories of being in the hospital yes, for two months because yes. they were the most vivid and yes. the most horrifying and the hardest and the most tear felt. And it was, we were in crisis. So that mm-hmm. was a big part of us and his life. And to have memories that were disconnected yes. from any of that 
was really hard and I still struggle in that you know my my best memories of him are in the hospital those last two months of his life instead of you know almost five years that I had so I that that's better you know as things fade that fades as well but um yeah that is one of that's was one of my hugest fears at the beginning. I think that mm-hmm. I would never be able to remember him healthy and well and playing um, because my most vivid were of him sick. I just want to share that it's okay to have these grief moments. They're going to happen. We Absolutely. just we can't stop them. No, we can't. But we can also get to a point where we cry and we lean into that grief mm-hmm. and we let ourselves feel the pain and then in the early years, we really don't have a choice. It's just on you live us. In it. Yeah, we live but in it. we do, as we walk this out and we get further away from the event mm-hmm. of our child leaving this earth, we're in the process of the grief, which is a lifelong process. But we do get to a point where we get to choose if we're going to wallow in that Mm -hmm. and continue to cry and continue to feel our loss and feel sorry for ourselves and become the victim of that identity of Mm -hmm. my child died. Or we can choose to begin to look at some of those other perspectives. Right. Uh, you know, that doesn't honor our child. It doesn't, and it, it wouldn't be what they would want for us to do with them. They would want us to continue on with our life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think they would look down, and you know, we're saying, "I wish we could have traded places." I, I said that a lot at the beginning. I wish that God would have just taken me and left him. He had a full life ahead of him. Not that I was, you know, at the ripe old age of twenty-eight, but, <laughs> um, but at, at the same time. As I grew into this journey, I learned that Joel is probably up there wishing he could trade places with me because he would want me to be there where it's beautiful and and there is no grief. And so, you know, it's all about perspective. Like we said earlier, you know, it's our perspective on things and how do we honor our child's life and Mm -hmm. by wallowing in it isn't doing it. it it just puts a negative perspective on their life and not honoring who they are and not to say when you're in those first couple of years you, you oh, yes. you just you can't even Mm-mm. control those no. emotions you, they just are what they are but as you move through you learn how to cope with them and what your coping skills are and how you do it and there are still times that you're just you're just vulnerable you yes. just can't help it but what you choose to do with it and that's the way it is in almost everything in life you know this is going to this crisis happens what are you going to do with that you know how are you honoring god in that and how are you honoring your child your child's life that's mm-hmm. a big deal it's yes a really big yes deal. and i know i had a parent once say don't don't you dare tell me what my child would want you don't know what my child would want mm-hmm. But I think that was obviously set out of the pain sure, of, the, of the, you know, beginning those first few years of, of darkness. Absolutely. But if that role were reversed, mm-hmm. would we want our child continually drowning themselves in that mm-hmm. pain of our loss? We never, wouldn't. So never. why mm-hmm. would, we wouldn't want that for our child and they wouldn't want it for us. No, and no, knowing never. where they are and the glory and the perfection of where they are, mm-hmm. it, it's like, come on, mom, finish strong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> finish strong, Absolutely. mom. You're going to be here with me soon. That's it's right. it's going to all be behind you in that whole Romans eight twenty eight where it says the glory can't even be compared with the suffering. That's right. And my thought is that's got to be some glory. That's right. That has got to be some glory that's considering right. the suffering that we have gone through losing mm-hmm. a child. It is. It's all about thinking ahead instead of getting to the point where you stop thinking about 
what's behind you mm-hmm. when you can make those choices yes. and think about what's ahead of you. That's right. And that we are going to be together again and it's all going to be done. That's right. I have a question for you. Do you think that parents can go overboard with siblings, making sure that their sibling is always included, like forcing them to go to the grave with you, having a huge memorial place and as soon as people walk in the door it's all that child that's gone because I know it is important for siblings and like for us our grandchildren we had a similar situation when Becca died we had a granddaughter that was born almost a year to the day of her death and they gave her Becca's middle name Mm -hmm. Elena Marie Becca so they'll take Elena to the grave Mm -hmm. and they know about Aunt Becca Mm -hmm. whom they've never met so, I mean, those things are important. We just talked sure, about that. Absolutely. But can you go overboard with that? You know, I think it's such a personal, private thing. You know, I think it goes to, you know, the parent that you were just talking about that don't tell me about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know my story. And I, I think that so many times we need to stay in our own lane. You know, we, we need, I can't live your journey for you. And I can't mm-hmm. tell you the right way to do your journey. We're driven by sometimes our own fears uh-huh. um, and yes. our own pain as well. And um, I think people who do that are maybe very fearful that someone might forget. And I think you can do that in a big way and you can do it in a small way and it's your way, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that is for you. Um, that isn't my way. That's not how I chose to do that. My children have been at the grave, yes, but that isn't a place I go to often because it's a painful place for me. And then there are other people that that's a a comforting place because Mm -hmm. that was where their child is. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of perspectives on that as well. For me, that was a really painful place. I know where where Joel is and his body is in that grave and his soul is in heaven with Jesus. And so I'm comforted by that. And I am haunted by the fact that the body I brought oh, into yes. this world mm-hmm. and bathed and loved and mm-hmm. kissed and took care of is buried yes. six feet under. That's yes. really painful for me. And I can't even go down that mm-hmm. road too long before I'm like yes. a puddle because oh, yes. it's really hard for me. So to go to that grave is just a reminder that his physical body mm-hmm. is yes in a place to, to dark. That a mom wants okay. to get him out. Right. I just, <laughs> get him yeah, out, yeah. I just And so I, I struggle with that. But my kids have all been, of course, to the mm-hmm. grave. And if they would, if my grandkids would come and say, I want to go to Joel's grave, it would be the first place on our agenda to go Mm -hmm. because I would want them to know that. I want them to feel that. I wouldn't ever tell them that's how I feel, you know, Mm -hmm. unless um, we had a discussion and they got to go because I don't want to, I don't want to color that for them. But I think our journey is a, it's, it's our journey. And I can't begin to tell someone that a shrine in your home is not okay, because it is okay, because it's your way. Mm -hmm. And that's how you choose to honor your child. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a friend who just after four years, went into their bedroom again, it it was a teenage child, and the bedroom looks exactly Mm -hmm. the way it left, the sheets are still there. And that's so comforting to her to be able to go in and to smell him and Mm -hmm. to feel him in that place. And I would be the last one to tell you, you shouldn't do that because I think that's beautiful that she gets to do that. I didn't get that. And I don't know if I would have if I had, but I love that she has that. That's so Mm -hmm. comforting for Mm -hmm. her. So man, you know, I, I would be the last one. I, I'm, I think that a psychologist would say that there's a place where it's too much, but I'm the last one to know what that is. <laughs> I would uh-huh. never tread down that road because mm-hmm. I think we, 
I would want someone to respect my journey, mm-hmm. and so I have to respect their journey as yeah. well, even if it's I, not I my I think way. my only thought on, on this mm-hmm. little subject within our, our fear of, sure. of our child being forgotten is even within our grief to be really aware of where the siblings are in the process, which Absolutely. can be really hard because especially if they're older, they're not vocalizing it a lot. And mm-hmm. if they're younger, they don't know how to vocalize it. And that was my And experience. so I, I think, you know, sometimes like, you know, um, my other daughter came to me because of seeing how deeply I was grieving and non-functioning and all of that, that she actually told me that she believed that I thought the wrong daughter died. Mm-hmm. That's how she interpreted my grief, mm-hmm. which stunned me mm-hmm. because she and I have done Africa together. We, I mean, we have done trips together. We sure. just have a lot of areas in our life where our hearts just mesh, and and so it just stunned me. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that that's actually fairly common. Mm-hmm. And so my only thing is we are on our own journey, but just also be aware Absolutely. of if that's making one of the siblings feel like they're not as important. As a matter of fact, this weekend, a man was talking about that, Mm -hmm. how his son came to him 20-some years later and said, you know, the way you kept putting my sister, she was drowned in a pool when she was three, Mm -hmm. and the way you kept putting my sister in front of everything was was your life, making sure her memory stayed alive mm-hmm. was so strong in you. I felt like I might as well be dead. Yes. You know, so I totally agree with you. We're on, all on our own journey. But I also, within that, just a little mm-hmm. thought here, if you're listening and this is where you are in the journey, to make sure that the siblings don't feel lost in that Absolutely and unimportant. Right. And, you know, I, I've had many conversations very similar to that, and I think it's really easy to get caught up in that almost I, idolizing, you yes. know, that child. And um, the hard part is we want to make sure they're remembered so much, and I, I think that we do have to be really careful Um, with how we are. I I know with Mother's Day for me, for the years that my children were small, they had no idea that Mother's Day was a hard day for me because I didn't want to take away from the fact that they were still my children. Mm -hmm. And And so as they've gotten to be adults, they've had to learn how to handle that. Well, what am I, chopped liver? You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. no, you mean everything to me, but not all my children are here. And right. we're in such a conflict on that day because we we know as mothers, our children aren't all here, so it's hard to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we need to celebrate the children that are yes. here and make them feel like we're that they're not enough. And so they were adults and saying, I didn't know Mother's Day was hard for you. Well, yeah, Mm. now that you're an adult, you get to know that. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And and now they can begin to even imagine mm -hmm. now that they have their own children. It's like, oh my goodness, mom. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. And I have heard that from them. I I Mm -hmm. can't imagine losing my child. Mm -hmm. And now I get what you've gone through all these years. But I I tried to be very careful in that, you know, um, and I didn't have big, you know, tributes. I have pictures of Joel and mm-hmm. we talk about Joel, but it isn't the topic of every day, all day long. You know, I don't forget him every day. Right, of course, right. he's a part of me. 
but you know we have to move on with our lives as well and and they're living their lives and mm-hmm. you know it can't be in the shadow of Joel Joel right. wouldn't want that anymore than, that's true than that's I true do. so yeah. yeah I think there's a there's a there's a line in there there's so many boundaries in oh this. my goodness and so many it's it's just day by day minute by minute breath by breath it is it, it yeah, is it truly is so we're gonna wrap up today's talk oh first I do want to mention one of our topics and you and I started talking about this last night and boy we went on it we were just yeah. already so passionate about it it's like turn on the tape right. um but one of the fears we're going to talk about is my child might not be in heaven mm-hmm. so we touched on that a little bit here but we're going to have a whole episode on that so uh look for that episode for those who are listening before we wrap it up i want to just maybe give some people some ideas of what they can do to make sure their child isn't forgotten. Some of those like scholarship fundraisers, mm-hmm. uh, what are some things that you've heard other parents do or um, I mean, I creative it, things? Sure, I think it can be as simple as just on their birthday, celebrating their birthday. Yes. You know, I, I, we have always done that and we've let a balloon go. And I know that's um, not politically correct I anymore. Know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was our tradition, mm-hmm. you know, on his 21st birthday, we had a six pack of beer, you know, mm-hmm. that it was an honor to you know him that just the little things you know throughout the birthdays that the you know the 30th birthday and the 20th and the 21st and those kind of things so um there's a lot of creative ways you know the first two years I went away um with a girlfriend for a couple days to just be able to be away from my world and just kind of but there's so many creative ways to to honor our children and Mm -hmm. I always do something on social media that way I'm reaching out to people who might Mm -hmm. be grieving along with you know being able to share my own grief I think as a leader of a ministry like you um, that helps families or moms that are grieving it's important for them to see our grief and to feel our grief so that they know that we're real in this. Yes. This is honest and it's who we are. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's important. Yeah. And I know like family get togethers or whatever, mm-hmm. I think sometimes to take that awkwardness away mm-hmm. of your child not being there and, and it's hard to go because you feel like nobody even remembers that your child should be there, the cousins are playing and your child should be there, sure. that your heart, you just can't help but think about your mm-hmm. child being missing and it's very hard to enter in a lot of times because that can almost consume us if we let it. So even things like when you're having family gatherings, there are things that you can do to bring your child into that that maybe don't make it awkward. I know one time mm-hmm. I, I thought about, what about like a crazy hat day? If your child loved hats or something, and just a- ask everybody, hey, bring a crazy hat, and let's just vote on, you mm-hmm. know, in my child's honor, who has the craziest hat? Yep. And, you know, maybe we'll give you a, some crazy prize or something, or maybe it'll just be the laughs we all have. But, mm-hmm. Or just bringing their picture in a little book that people can just say something to mm-hmm. your child or whatever. I mean, there are ways that you can, or yeah. maybe, your child had a favorite movie mm-hmm. and you could bring that movie in and say hey let's just take an hour and watch this movie in honor of my child and so there are, I think there are a lot of ways that we can really be creative and bring our but child to not be into awkward it. you know yes. you said that in that and yes. um you know I, I wanted to celebrate Joel's 30th birthday and I wanted the family to all come together and I thought that's no big deal I, mm-hmm. I never I always include them but I never am upset if nobody comes it's mm-hmm. just 
this is Joel's birthday and we're going to yeah. do this. And if you want to come and there have been times and there have been times they haven't and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but his 30th, I wanted everybody together. And I didn't realize with my oldest child, Matthew, who um, they were only two years apart and he was really uncomfortable with that because mm. he still, he struggles with this. this. Joel's death was a big deal in yes. his little life and he didn't know what to do with all of that. And so I had to reassure him, it's not going to be a big deal. You know, I just wanted every, I, I'm not going to. Just to be together. Just to be together is yes. all I wanted. And that, and so that day we were still doing the balloon tradition, <laughs> which we will probably not be doing anymore, but I'll figure out a different way to do that. <laughs> but we all wrote on balloons and we all made notes and everybody, every Everybody did it, and it was such a cool thing. And that's all we did in memory of Joel. But I just wanted to see everybody at yes. my table. I wanted all my boys under the same roof because it was comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had to do it in a way that wouldn't be awkward for everybody. So yes. that's a big deal. Yes. That's a yep. big deal. Yep. And I will just mention with GPS Hope, we actually have a couple ways that you can honor and remember your child. One of them is we have a wall of remembrance on our website. It's gpshope.org, and you'll find the tab scrolling down the screen, but it's wall of remembrance. And we'll put a picture of your child, their sunrise date, their sunset date. And you can write a paragraph what you want people to know about your child. So we have that. And then we also have our Hope Mobile that Dave and I live in and we have the in loving memory heart decals where you can have your child's name put on it and where they're from and they can travel with us across the nation and we're very honored to take your children with us so that's also on our website you'll find the links for that in the show notes we'll also put a link in how you can contact lynn Mm -hmm. in the show notes and her ministry morning for dancing she's in indiana in the warsaw area Mm -hmm. so if you happen to be in this area she's a good one to grab hold of and fellowship with and in all of that so i think we'll go ahead and close it out for today and we'll be back next week thanks lynn thank you And now it's time for our birthday segment that we do every week. First, we have Ethan Barkley Weber Paul. His birthday is July 10th, and he is forever 18. We have Madeline Youngdahl. Her birthday is July 16th, and she is forever 14. And last today, we have Robert William Corbett. His birthday is July 20th, and he is forever 21. So thank you for sharing your children with our listeners, and we celebrate with you the day that they came into the world and into your lives. I would love the opportunity to share your child's birthday with our listeners. So in order to do that and to get me the information I need, just go to gpshope.org birthdays. And there will be a form there. You can fill out all the information and submit it. Or go to the show notes and there will be a link there that you can click on that will take you right to the form to fill out. And speaking of links... If you would like to contact Pastor Lynn Breeden, you can email her at Lynn Breeden, so that's L-Y-N-N-B-R-E-E-D-E-N at bumchurch.org, B-U-M church. 
the BUM is for Bremen United Methodist. And if you want to connect with her ministry, Morning to Dancing, her Facebook page, just go to Facebook and type in Morning to Dancing. You can also type in Grieving Moms, and it will also show up. To see the GPS Hope Wall of Remembrance that we talked about, or to have your child added, or to sponsor an In Loving Memory Heart on the Hope Mobile, just also go to our website, gpshope.org. The button for the Remembrance Wall is in the middle of the page of the website. The hearts are under the Store tab. And once again, the links to that will be in the show notes that you can click on. And to find the show notes, if you just want one one site to find everything, go to gpshope.org slash podcast slash 13, because this is our 13th episode of the podcast. Makes sense, right? And if you don't want to remember all of that, just go to gpshope.org, click on the podcast button that's right on the top there, and just go to episode 13, and you will find everything there that we talked about. The last thing I want to offer to you is we did talk about ways to honor and remember your child. And at GPS Hope, we have a PDF that has 10 ways to honor your child. So once again, you can go to the show notes or our library, membership library has it on our website. You can get it either way there. Just join the library and it will be in there. And to wrap it up, I just want to repeat something Lynn shared in the podcast. And she said, we learn how to live our life without our child in it, but we don't live our life without them. They're still part of us for the rest of our lives. So with that reminder, I also want to say, please hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.